I like that you like went into like that that minor key at the end. That was yeah. It was really just me having a bad ear. (laughs) (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to Under Further Review. I'm Kata. That's Mike. Hi. And uh, this is our last episode of 2020, baby. Ew. Ew, how you feeling? You know, I I don't mind 2021. My problem is is that the um the divisible numbers in 2021 are odd numbers. They're seven and three, and I don't love that. What? What? What are you talking about? 2021's divisible, I think, only by seven and three, right? I don't think you can evenly uh, divide that by any other number. And seven and three are just odd numbers. I'm what? Like, what, what, what? Why are we, why, why, why are we having this conversation? Why are you like this? You asked me how I felt about it. (laughs) Wait, let me double check. Uh, Oh, wait, no, I don't even think, wait, why isn't 2021 divisible by three? It's not. Okay, well, no, I'm just lost. Oh my God. Maybe it's a prime number. It can't be a prime number. 20, hold, this is, because it's not divisible by three, but 21's divisible by three, so I don't understand. This episode has already derailed. You have already derailed this episode. I hope you're happy with yourself. Yeah. Oh my God. Y'all, I'm better at math than this, I swear. Oh my God, I can't find a number that's divisible by 2021. It should be three and seven. Sorry, I've got some loud dogs behind me, by the way. Oh, but it's 2000. See, I just don't like prime number years. I just, 2021 is not a prime number. Um, but, oh, it's divisible at 43 and 47. That makes sense. I get that. Because 2,000 is divisible by 40. Three is divisible by 21 and similar to seven. 43 and 47. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Because 43 and 47 are prime. I'm ending this conversation immediately. This is awful. Um, <laughs> hi, everybody. End of the year. We've we've done a lot of really good stuff. We a lot of really shitty stuff has happened too, but we've got a great episode for you today. We're welcoming in one of my best friends in the entire world, Ms. Tuan Dam. She is a breaking news editor at The Athletic, and we're not going to talk sports with her. Actually, that's not true because I'm pretty sure we all established that um, dating in general is a sport, but reality dating on television is most definitely a sport. Did I just um, hear a Slack message? Yeah, that was my Slack going on. Wow, that like I had like a really negative association to that noise. I, I I do too, trust me, because it means that like all afternoon my boss hasn't really needed anything from me. And then of course, right now, while I'm taking a break, he needs me. So I'm gonna We love you. Happen. We love you, Davin. We love um, you, Davin. We uh we are gonna talk to Tuan Dam about a show that I made everybody watch. It's called 12 Dates of Christmas. It is on HBO Max. And it was a really pleasant, really pleasant experience, I would say, overall. Yeah. Um, a nice way to kind of wrap things up this past week. I think most, uh, I think all three of us really binged it for the most part this past week in this mm-hmm. week in between The Bachelorette and The Bachelor starting next week. Um, so that's that has kind of filled a void for us. And it's so just beautiful um and and the setting and the decorum and the theme and the people are gorgeous obviously um because you don't put ugly people on tv 
I guess. I want to get you watching this season of Drag Race. I think it's time. You know, I I still, I've never hopped on the Drag Race train, and I think I might be interested this it's year. on the 1st. Starts on New Year's Day. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right. Well, while we watch The Bachelor, we'll also watch Drag Race. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to really just kind of lean into this reality TV thing that we have become obsessed with as a sports podcast. It feels very competitive. It feels very high stakes, which is it why is. we like it is competitive. It is sports. I I am here. I am with you on that. And so is Tuan. And that's, I think, what made this such a fun conversation. So um, if you haven't watched 12 Dates of Christmas, you might not want to, you might want to press pause and go and watch it and then come back. If you want to skip till the end, we do call it out for possibly cheating during fantasy. If you want to hear us yell at her about that. All right. That's not what happened. I did not collude. I maintain that statement. I don't know. And (laughs) it's, it's a really, really delightful show. So go watch it. Come back if you haven't watched it. But if you have watched it, uh, we're interested to hear your thoughts on the whole ordeal. I don't know if they're going to do another season of it. It was kind of an interesting thing. And I think it, it would be really cool. I think they've got a lot of um, cast members from this season who would make really good leads next season too. But anyways, if you have thoughts, we want them. So uh, give us a shout. Our email is helloufr at gmail.com. Uh, or you can sign into our DMs. Our handle is at U-F-R-V-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's U-F-R Vodcast. And we try to get back to everybody and address things on air when we can. Um, and the, the, that applies to if you just have any other questions, comments, or concerns, or if there's anyone else that you want to hear on the podcast, you can go there and reach out to us. But Tuana is an absolute delight. She is kind of new to this whole reality show universe, not really her thing until she met me. And in the spring, I made her watch The Bachelor with me before we all went into quarantine and now she's hooked. So um, we had a really good time talking to her about that. She's just a plethora of knowledge. She also won our fantasy football league. I mean, what can't this woman do? I was hurt. I'm not that, I'm, I'm over it because we have all official, we have, each of the three of us have won a fantasy league. I won this in a year? different league. Yeah. yeah, this year you won in a different league. Um, and we were top three I'm not mad I love it yeah totally totally I think um, I think it's uh, it's a great conversation we do talk a little bit about fantasy towards the end of the episode and uh, we hope you guys enjoy please be safe over New Year's what are you doing for New Year's Eve Mike that's a great question I, I think I'll eat an edible and I'll go to space for a little bit and then I'll come back into a new year, probably. So like every other holiday for you without the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Every Thursday, really. Yeah, I, <laughs> I invited Mike up to to the Love Shack up here in Rhode Island. Um, unfortunately, we are pet sitting this week. So we've got Joey and we've got another dog, Reggie. And uh, I'm actually incredibly impressed with how well they've gotten along. I thought that this was yeah. going to be a lot harder than it would be. They've been really wonderful. Like they don't like, they're not like cuddling each other or anything yet, but they'll cuddle me at the same time, which is kind of cool. And they don't really growl or bark at each other, except when Reggie's trying to play with Joey on her walks. And she's like, no, I am working. I am a hunting dog, little huntress. I've got stuff to do. Um, we love a, co- a coexisting pair. We do. They, they're really cute. Good boys and good girls. But yeah, with two dogs up here, a third is probably just too much. So um, 
So it'll just be me and Mikey up here drinking pink champagne and I think I want to get some oysters or something. Oh, something fancy. You're in Rhode Island. Yeah, I'm still not going to put on a bra, but you know. No one asked, you know, no one asked you to. I I have no interest in it. So (laughs) if they did ask, I would say no. I would say no. Um, But yeah, we hope you guys have a happy and safe New Year's. But be safe and happy holidays to you and yours. Enjoy them while you can. And uh, and enjoy this episode reviewing the 12 dates of Christmas with our great friend, Tuan Dam. You guys know that there's no end to my obsession with my fur baby, my little Joey girl, and how much I love to show her off to our neighborhood and to the social media community. It's so important to me that her inner poise is also exhibited on the outside. And for that, I always turn to Luna's perfect gifts. A female-owned, eco-friendly small business, Luna's Perfect Gifts has everything you need to outfit your dog to the nines. Their products are fashionable, comfortable, and sustainable, and our listeners get a special discount. Luna's Perfect Gifts is offering our squad 20% off your first order with the code WELCOME20. That's WELCOME20. Luna's Perfect Gifts has everything for every season. Cozy scarves for the winter, which Joey loves, festive bows and bandanas, and accessories for humans, too, including scrunchies, keychains, and headbands, so you and your pup can match. Because y'all know, I love things that match. Visit Luna's Perfect Gifts. That's L-U-N-A-S-P-A-W-F-E-C-T-G-I-F-T-S dot com. And enter the code WELCOME20 to get 20% off Perfect Gifts for your favorite fur babies. I, too, have to pee. This is true. Wait, should we pee right now? Should no. we pee really quick? Okay. I'm in jeans and it's Girls, like- don't pee quick. <laughs> this is false. I pee quick. This is false. Hi, Tu Ann. Hi. How are Hi. you? Tired. Try to make it to 2021 in one piece. That's that's the name of the game, right? We're almost there. Yeah, it's uh 30, 31. Three more days, three more days, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I'm excited. Um, how were your holidays? Holiday, uh, they were good. I worked. I had to think about that. <laughs> yeah, I worked. Work was fine. Ate a lot of food. Went into a food coma afterwards for like the next three days. Now I'm like a bear in hibernation, pretty much. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to be. I think, I think that's kind of, I, you know, honestly, it should be illegal that we all have to work this week in my fond opinion. It really should be. It's not fair. It's not the worst. Why is the week, why, why is it just not like a federal holiday to have like between Christmas and New Year's just like off everyone? We deserve. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's nobody's in office anyways. Um, The only time that the only circumstance in which this is actually useful to people is when you do a job like mine and you actually need time to not talk to anybody to do your work. So, um, but we're glad that you're here and that you could join us today. Yes. I'm excited to be here. We're Christmas reality dating and football. My two favorite things. Well, we're, we're so excited. So we all watch 12 dates of Christmas because I made everyone watch 12 dates of Christmas. You guys finished before me. And she was the last one to finish. I was. I was. Mike finished first and then Tuan and then 
Yeah. And then I finished literally yesterday. So, um, but, but there's a lot going on in this show. Did you guys enjoy it? I binged it hardcore. Yeah, I like, too. just sat there and just like went through it. And I was like, ah, oh, I know I might finish this so quickly. And I was like, how did I not finish this? That quickly? It, it was my Christmas day thing. I just watched it all on Christmas day. That's what I did. It was so visually appealing. Like that I think was what I most enjoyed about it. And and I did binge the first, I think like six episodes of it before I like had to stop and go to sleep. But um, but I think what really got me going was was just how beautiful it was. Mm-hmm. Also, I love the narrator. She was hilarious. Is she the narrator from the circle? I didn't watch that. So I cannot answer this question for you. Her name is Natasha Rothwell. And she has done a good deal of comedy stuff. She was a writer on Saturday Night Live for a while. I don't think she did the circle. She she did not do the circle. The the I don't think the narrator, it was a similar style of narration on the circle where it was like a floating voice. That was like sl- sort of judgy, sort of like gossipy. Um, yeah. But no, I, according I, to Google, it was not the same narrator. Okay, good to know. It was the same style, and I wonder. I but that wonder- could be, yeah. It's like kind of like I guess the trendy thing. Uh, it might be. I don't know. If, I don't know if you watch like Jane the Virgin, but the narrator is also super funny. Um. Yeah. Maybe that's just the style. I've never seen that before. I because I don't watch Jane the Virgin, so I guess that's probably my problem. It's definitely an interesting style, like to have someone just kind of editorialize on everything. And I kind of, you know, as as much as I enjoyed, um, you know, of course you got to go back and do a reunion show. As much as I enjoyed, Shangela. Shangela, thank you. Yeah. As much as I enjoyed Shangela in the the kind of recap at the end, the reunion. I kind of had wished that we had gotten our narrator then because it, I feel like there would have been something so satisfying about having her actually meet these people in person and get to interrogate them with all of the questions that she asked throughout the course of the show. Sure. Yeah, I get that. But Shangela was great too. It was such an interesting, <laughs> it was, it was such an interesting show. I thought three leads, first of all, we're not really used to that kind of a format. So obviously there was going to be a lot of like crossover and there was just, it was kind of manipulating. Like I loved, I loved that. It felt like really dirty. Like, like when Chad and Faith start hooking up and Garrett doesn't know. And like, then there's like Skylar at the very beginning manipulating Chad in order to stay and hang out with Kevin. Like, and then Kevin using Skylar. And then like, it's, it was just right from the get go, there was so much weird drama. And it was, and it all felt with like, like a, it all felt really innocent. Right. I mean, even like the drama started when the three, you know, dates were dressed up as like waiters and waitresses, you know, and weren't like introduced originally. They were, you know, the help at first. <laughs> hey, yeah. We got you. <laughs> My criticism of the show, while it looked stunning, a lot of it felt super fake. And I get it's reality TV and that is kind of the gag, but the goal of reality TV is to create a narrative that feels real. 
And I felt like I could tell that production made this format very structured. The thing that I disliked was the introduction of new dates when it'd be like in the middle of like a date with someone else or like one guy, I think it was Dominic, I can't remember, was during elimination ceremony. I was like, I don't understand the purpose of this. Like, that's really not how you find love. Like, it's a gamble at that point. Like that one was that one was the most annoying, and I'm glad they only did that one time. Well, and it also it kind of pulls on like all of these different. Tr- I one of the things that I did kind of respect about particularly the Dominic move is that it you know one of the executive producers of the show is also an executive producer of Love Is Blind, and I thought that a lot of the ways in which they introduced the dates was playing on different tropes of the ways that people meet each other, like, and and the ways that people become attracted to each other. So like Dominic literally walked into the room and was like, hey, I'm here, I'm your date. And Garrett was put in the situation like, whoa, that is a hot ass man and I wanna keep him around. So now I've gotta get rid of one of these other two guys. And, And it's that like weird love at first sight thing. Now, obviously we all know what happened with that, but. But a lot of the dates kind of happened in that weird happen. Even the first one where there were waiters, like they are looking over there and they see these attractive people. And they're like, that person's kind of hot. Are they going to be a part of this? Are they like sticking around? Are they just going to be waiting on us for the next two weeks? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess. How do you explain the guy popping out of the cake, though? Oh, yeah, that was. Hey, um... right. <laughs> next question (laughs) (laughs) I think that was Zach I could be wrong about that I I don't remember exactly who but it was like the cake and then the other one was the guy who showed up with a llama like on the llama date I mean honestly if a guy just walked up to me while I was on a date with someone else and had a llama I might actually switch guys at that point I don't know if it was a llama or an alpaca the fact that there were alpacas or llamas in this was one of my favorite moments throughout. I I really want to talk about some of these people. Um, I think, I think the people really were like the personalities themselves were probably my least favorite part of this show. They were so meh and blah. Like Chelsea was awful. She seemed like a horrible human being. Well, she was the most exciting and clearly they brought her in because they were like, we want to bring in someone who completely is like stirs the pot, changes the dynamic here for the wrong reasons, blah, blah, blah. I was so proud of her boyfriend collection too. And I was like, I mean, Chelsea, like, obviously like you can have your boyfriend collection, but for most people, that's a big red flag. I mean, she picked a track, right? She picked a trope and I'm, I think she probably came in as a human knowing I'm going to, I'm going to be that bitch essentially. essentially. And she was, and it didn't stick with the group, you know, it just wasn't the, the group for it. I just love though, like the whole, all the back and forth between her and Chad, like their arguments. And so it was hilarious. I thought I, you know, I, I will say one thing about Chelsea at the reunion. She was kind of a highlight for me. Like, First, she she gave us the whole like how boring one guy at a timeline. But then she she like kind of she gave herself a valid defense when confronted with it later on. 
and and was talking about why she does that. And she said that she does it to kind of snatch the power from men who do it. And I was like, okay, girl, like, I mean, I guess, but like, it's not like I approve of guys having a girlfriend selection either. I think it's atrocious either way. No, it's terrible. It's, I, I mean, well, to each their own, you know, obviously I feel like, you know, if a partner is okay with whatever, like it's, it's every relationship for itself. Right, right. In general, though, I, she can say what she says. I don't think most people genuinely, genuinely believe her, like, not to stereotype, but she does come across as kind of like a gold digger. Yeah, I look, again, she, she leaned into a particular stereotype. And that's, you know, you can't really, there's only so much that we see, obviously, in reality television. There's also so much that you know, they show knowing that they're on television. For all we know, she could be like a totally lovely person. Um, but but that was definitely a particular play. What did we think of this whole weird Skylar and Kevin thing at the beginning when they like like manipulated Chad and Faith and then left together? You could not convince me that they were interested in each other. Like, really? Kevin no. was like, I was like, this kind of person exists in like a comedic way. Skylar was definitely manipulating Chad. Kevin yes. is smart. Kevin is not smart enough to manipulate a single soul. Yes. Like them as a couple. No, 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 no. I think at that point, I think Skylar was just desperate for like attention from someone. And Chad obviously couldn't give her undivided attention because he had other women. And Kevin was not getting any from Faith because he's Kevin and yuck. So she had to turn to another guy who was not gay. So Garrett was out. Otherwise she would have gone for Garrett. I one I wonder, um, like, I, I think it is funny how quickly Faith dismissed Kevin too. Um, and there was a comment about that at the reunion about that basically was like, oh, Faith has a type in his black eyes. Like, honestly, I was thinking that too, but I was like, no, I don't think that's her type, but, like, in all honesty, like, I think their approach to dating was just, like, very different. Like, Kevin is, like, very, like, quick and, like, very forward, and she, like, takes a little more time. That kind of hurt them. Yeah, it, it, I, it was a really, the, the way that the three leads kind of messed with each of their relationships it again it all went so quickly and so I can only imagine how difficult it must be but also you know when someone's right and you know when they're not and and my big thing honestly was by the time the three of them left the castle obviously we know Garrett didn't bring anyone home and we can he talk had a about gaggle of gays. He won. Are we? Are you kidding me? Well, well, we we can get into that. But by the time Faith and Chad left the castle with Kate and um, Anthony, Anthony, by the time they left the castle, I wasn't really convinced that any of the four of them were all in on any of the four of them. I don't think so. It happened like way too fast, and just like the way the show was structured, you don't really get to know any of them really well, like your you know any of your dates or whatever really well sure so wait you brought it up let's and I don't want to gloss over it let's talk about the gaggle of gays I don't obviously have any any experience with something like that bringing home a multiplicity of lovers at the same time um for the sake of what kind of felt like making a 
points. I don't know. It I I appreciated that Garrett gave all of them an opportunity who wanted one, but it also it felt a little selfish to me. I just I mean, I enjoyed it because it seemed like they had fun. I just didn't understand the point of it again. But again, it all felt very like forced. I felt a lot of this season when I watched it, I was like, a lot of this feels very curated. Um, yeah. It's down to like the freaking tr- what truth or dare thing they did of like answering ridiculous questions. And I think the mom was in on it too. I was like, what is she doing? I was like, she knew exactly what to ask and who to ask and, and like the way to ask it. And I was like, okay, these were planted. Like, you can't tell me. Yeah. And that was kind of my issue with the entire season. Like, I love the format. But like, for example, like we didn't get a whole lot of information on why Dominic didn't work. We just heard, oh, Dominic wasn't interested, but we didn't see that actually that play out. Big, yeah, that was probably one of the biggest dramas of the season. And I felt like it was unt- like not answered. See, I, I disagree with that completely. I think we entirely saw Dominic friends. We saw that in one scene, but then the end, when they went up to them, I was like, wait, what's happening with Dominic? Did like they did they decide they were just friends? Like, what happened? And then he was like, yeah, I'm not bringing anybody. And I was like, so there was a lot that happened that led to this moment. I would have loved to have watched there, it. There must have been some bad feelings for Dominic to not want to go to, like, the gaggle of gays Christmas. That's what I'm saying. Well, he probably didn't want to lead Garrett on, and I but, kind of respect that I mean, that I lot. guess, but, like, Garrett invited everyone, you know? Well, but I don't think they all knew that, though, because there was there were some faces that were faces. How did we feel? It was revealed that Garrett and Jose hooked up in between the castle and, and going back to New Orleans? Yeah, it seemed like something had happened, and then they had, and then uh, Garrett was like, wait, just kidding, no. it's so hard like I really want to love Garrett so much because I I really appreciate like his thoughtful insights on each of his relationships and also like his his kind of like mindfulness of everything that's happening around him consistently but like I'm kind of wondering if he's like this hit it and quit it guy I don't know maybe I mean I honestly from at the first episode on just the first episode alone I would have thought that Garrett would have been one of the ones to like actually bring someone home because he just seemed like ready. And like the first guy he had good chemistry was it Corey, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was Corey. Like they had, you know, like they were into each other and then it got better. Like Jose, like he was like really into Jose and then it just kept kind of going downhill from there. I I'm glad you brought up Corey too. Um, from my like early notes, like from the first couple of episodes, I wrote, Corey is the best one on there. The self-awareness is everything. I'm needy. He needs to know that, that whole ordeal. I loved that. I respect Corey for like, he knows what he wants. He had like self-respect. Also low key, the ugly Christmas sweater party. He had the best Christmas sweater and I, no joke, went online to try to find it, found it, and was debating whether or not to buy it. Well, look, even at the end, though, he, like, he stayed so true to himself. In the end, he stuck up for himself and was like, I feel like you used me, and I feel like you didn't give me any kind of a proper chance. Like, there, there was so, so much honesty from Corey. 
And I, I can see how maybe this show probably, at least as a contestant on this show, was probably not the move for him. Like, I feel like maybe he would thrive in a lead space, but he is, he was actually genuinely there for the right reasons and hoping to have a relationship. No, I, I loved Corey. I think he, I, I feel like he got kind of hurt by the fact that Jose was very like also strong and pushing kind of like trying to like block Corey out, you know, and as a needy person, he obviously couldn't take that. And he deserves better. I don't, I, I disagree. I don't think he would be good as a lead though, because he would just thrive on the attention. He just like loves it, but he wouldn't be able to filter it out into like what he loves. This show seems like it went really fast. And so for two parts about Corey, it's like one, like you have to know that when you're coming in these circumstances, like you're going to have to compete, you know, like, so like the optics of like your emotions as it pertains to dating have to get shifted. You sure. have to be ready to have just like a little bit of a guard because it's like, listen, like we're here, it's TV, it's a reality. And like, there's a little bit of realness here, but like, you have to realize that like, there's also nine other people and everybody is dating one person. Like you have to be mentally and emotionally prepared for that. So that is on you to prepare for that. Like it is not, I won't blame Garrett for testing other options. You know, like that's the show. That's the point. <laughs> that's Absolutely. why we're here. Right, Absolutely. Right. You can't blame him for doing, you know, what he's there to do. Right. Um, and what I'll say is that unfortunately, like Corey like kind of dragged Garrett in the um in the finale or in the in the, in the um in the reunion. And I was like, Well, I don't know if this is really fair because this is the structure. This is what it is. Like this is what you signed up for. Like if you are a lead. And they all kept saying this. We didn't think about the like how to like, facilitate this. This is really hard. I'm like, it is hard because you're dating multiple people at once. And essentially, you just have to come to an understanding. Like, we're all dating the same person. And that's that. <laughs> well, and, and that was another failure of the show is something that, you know, not to pull comparisons from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, but it is established exactly. First off, we know that what we see is not everything that happens. We know that. And we know that that happens with this show. But it is established what kind of time the lead gets with the contestants. And when it is not that time, everyone is in their own bubble, for lack of a better word. The the Bachelor or the Bachelorette is in their hotel room or talking to producers, um, doing like asides with them. And... And we don't really have any clue what was happening with what we didn't see. And they made that even more difficult when we saw at the reunion, Kate kissing, who was it? Was it Kevin? Did Kate kiss Kevin? Was that what happened? I need to check. I it's been so many. Somebody it happened. Was somebody. Yeah. And that, well, no, thing. but it was in. It only showed at the reunion. They were like, "Kate kissed somebody else," and I. I want to say it was Kevin. I could be wrong. It just sounds like something Kevin would do. Um, Honestly, true. true. But but they they didn't really establish kind of what the boundaries were for these dates and hanging out and the rest of the time that was spent in the house. It seems like everybody got really close. So I would assume the contestants were all in the same pool kind of hanging out with each other a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, it, it was that that was a strange kind of anomaly from the reality format. There are also some other things um, that that stuck out to me um 
first off, did you guys notice in the reunion the all of the people who conferenced in because they'd been exposed to COVID or whatever all looked like they were in the same place? I noticed they, like they were in hotels. Yeah. Well, I noticed it first with Faith and Anthony because Faith had these triangular lamps behind her and a Christmas tree. Everyone had like Christmas trees and whatever, but she had these triangular lamps behind her. And then they called in Anthony and he had these triangular lamps and they were like, are you guys still together? And obviously before the reunion, my immediate, I didn't think they would still be together. So I was like, there's no way. But then I saw these lamps and I'm like, maybe they were in the same house right now. I don't know. You're the real detective here, not Anthony. But, but honestly, honestly, but, but then everyone else started calling in and it looked like everyone else had these triangular lamps in the background. And I'm wondering if they were all in fact in the same place, just like this big COVID filled catastrophe. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It was really, that was fascinating to me. So that was one thing that stuck out to me. Um, I thought the men's fashion throughout the thing was great. Wait, speaking of fashion, I appreciate how everyone had Christmas jammies the whole time. I oh, really- yeah. Excellent. Excellent production choice. Yes. That was beautiful. I just, I loved, from the dudes, the dudes in general, I mean, beautiful suits in beautiful colors, velvet suit jackets, amazing. Huge fan. Couldn't stand Kate's blue finale dress with the white petal overlay. No, no. Let's not bring this up. I'm, I don't need that in my day today. No, no. I think you told me that it looked like grandma's shower curtain. I completely agree with you. Um, first, first I was like, it looks like Bo Peep's dress. And then I was like, no, it looks actually like my grandma's shower curtain, but mm-hmm. worse actually. No, that was at least grandma's shower curtain is functional. And this is not. Kate also had some weird highlights in the finale, but that's just my opinion. I but. am still saying she looks like Brittany Snow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I see it. Honestly, how do you not, do you not see it? That's Brittany like my Snow point. has bigger eyes. Well, yeah, but like the general like face shape and like yeah, they look exactly alike. Very, I mean, maybe just because they're both blonde and I'm biased. I disagree. Her dress ruined the proposal for me. Um, those those weird like end of show moments were were just weird. Also, Anthony gave Faith a key to his apartment. It was clearly one of those fake keys. That's like a pet peeve that I have. I can't stand it. Um, yeah, I, I... I think Anthony and uh, Kate's relationship is fake. That's all I have wait, to say Wait, Anthony that. and Kate's? Anthony and Faith's. No, Anthony and Kate. They ended together, right? No. no, Chad. Who's Anthony? Anthony is the guy that ended up with Faith, the detective. Okay, and then well, that we that wasn't good. We knew that. Oh, Chad and Kate. I think it's fake. They've been posting a lot on Instagram together. Or the or then they're vanilla. I don't know what to say, but I I watching them was I was so bored. <laughs> not, not, I mean, to, not to yeah. I think they don't have like a passion. Like they could be good friends. But like, I don't. Maybe they're both just kind of quiet souls, and that's why I'm uh, not for TV. I don't know. I would let Chad hurt my feelings. Oh, well, of course I would. Would you? I would let Garrett. 
I would like Garrett hurt my feelings. I would also like Garrett hurt my feelings. And Faith could definitely hurt my feelings too, but I'd probably think that it was my fault for making her do it. Because <laughs> she's just that manipulative. Um, yeah, no, I think any of them could hurt my feelings. I think they picked really good leads. Um, I also like, and, and they picked good people. Kate seems like a lovely girl. Um, I want Anthony's voice in the center of a Ferrero Rocher truffle. Oh, you're inspiring me to go get chocolate soon. <laughs> and then, oh, and then, um, I mean, all of the people in their lives too, they all, all the parents seemed really lovely. I love when parents are cool. The hometowns were like really nice. I loved when Chad's pizza guy was like, are you a Bears fan? Double doink. Ah! Did you catch that, Mike? I did. And I was like, Stop. Leave him alone. Um, I want to know who everyone would have taken home if you were the if you were the lead. Oh, Garrett. Oh, like, bam. Why? Well, because none of them I would have romantic interest in. At least I'll bring home someone who's fun that like my family would like love to like be friends with. Kata, thoughts? Oh God, I don't know. I don't think I like any of them enough to be completely honest. I guess maybe you can bring them home as friends, not like romantically. Yeah. I just, again, I don't really like any of them enough. I th I guess maybe. Actually, I changed my answer. I'm going to bring home the alpaca. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I would take home. Maybe I'd take home Corey. Corey, okay. Corey's a sweetheart. Also, no, but he's a sweetheart, but he's a personal trainer. So he'd be all like trying to get us fit. And I'm not about that life right now. Yeah, that's real. Actually, I didn't even think about that. I think I would definitely choose Dominic. I don't think that's like a question. Like if Dominic walked in, I'd be like, that's a wrap, Wait, ladies. But one thing is like he has a mom tattoo. Really? Like. I have a dinosaur tattoo. Like, what do you want? I forgot about the mom <laughs> tattoo. I it's like know. a classic. The only thing that to, the only way it would have been more cliche if it had like the little arrow going through it, but it did not. It was just like the word mom in a heart. So. This is the narrative they gave him, but they gave him a very chill narrative and I appreciated it. I don't know. And yet that's, you know, that's the narrative I got and that's a narrative I, I, I was into. So I'm going to take that home for Christmas. I would have liked to see Dominic interact with Garrett's mom. That was a total travesty. We didn't get to see that because Garrett's mom is a fucking savage. She was. She wanted answers. I, again, I think it was planted. Like, I, I, you, and you know, you don't have what? You don't like tell your mom everything, but then you do tell your mom everything. You're like, really like, you don't really tell your family. You're kind of distant, but not that distant. We talk about everything. It was very confusing. And so the, the optics there, I was very lost on. Yeah, it. I I mean, look, everyone had a great be, time. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, my God. Don't forget. It's it's exactly what our narrator said. Um, excuse me. If your Christmas isn't a merry gay Christmas, you're doing it wrong. When she said that, I fucking felt that I felt it. I felt that I felt that hard. Yeah, every Christmas is Merry Gay Christmas when you're friends with Mike Rose. So thanks, Mike Rose. Yeah, it's true. And I don't even really celebrate Christmas. Actually, hot take. Everyone's like, because I was pretty much raised Jewish. Um, and everyone was like, well, what do you do on Christmas? And I was like, I celebrate Christmas better than they all celebrate Christmas. I go movies, I and get Chinese, Chinese food, food, and I sleep a lot, and I complain. 
So what are y'all doing? Like, you know, well, like the complaining, the complaining is every day. <laughs> yeah. The, the complaining is every day. Um, I, I want to expand this conversation a little bit, but before I forget, um, I was thinking about this whole, like, like what was usually roses and bachelor universe being gifts. And then like the one-on-ones instead of like the note cards from Chris Harrison are a particular plant that is popular during Christmas. And I'm wondering, is the plural of mistletoe, mistletoe or mistletoes? I think it's just toe, mistletoe. If they, so the, the date cards are mistletoe. Everyone, there were a bunch of mistletoe. I was thinking about mistletoes Mm -hmm. and that put a particularly strange image in my brain. Yeah, it makes me feel weird. (laughs) Mistletoes makes me feel odd. I don't like that. It feels icky, right? It feels weird. Um, 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 no, it sounds like a, a word, but I can't think of it. Someone help me. Um. Camel toe, there it is. Thank you. Camel. Oh, oh. See, I was picturing actual toes, and you're oh. sitting here picturing the female vagina. It's fine. Crazy, crazy, crazy. what the holidays will do to us. Crazy. Well, I I thought that was an interesting spin on what is usually presented in The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And Mike, you and I were privy to a conversation a couple months back with a contestant that we ended up not publishing. We do not speak his name on the show, but I, I, I wanted to kind of approach this idea of competitive love with you guys. Um, there are many competition reality shows on television. I feel genuinely that competitive love is just as, as qualifying as a sport as qualifying of a sport as total wipeout. Um, I would agree, except with the caveat that dating in general just feels like a sport and honestly more tiring because there's no end in sight. Like, like at least football has like, you know, you know, there's like a, t- there's like one, two, three, four quarters and then overtime. Um, Dating is not like that, and it's more tiring and more. Wait, but but is there no end in sight? Isn't there something called marriage? No, because then you're still married to them, and you have to deal with the relationship after the wedding day. Wow, and that's not on that. Listen, it's all reality TV, football, baseball, sports. It's reality TV. Let's be real. It's 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 a reality competitive show. Like I don't I don't I don't know. That's where it falls under the TV category. Yes, you can put it under sports, but above that. Um, above that, it's 1000%, uh, uh, just like general reality TV. It's real people competing for real stakes. There's narratives, there are sides, there are team. like, come on. Look, I, I definitely don't disagree with you. I think, um, I definitely think that there's some kind of an athletic endurance that is required to be on these shows, not to mention the fact that they're all hot and they actually are athletes in their own rights. Um, yeah, the I, I think it's definitely more of a sport for just like it is for certain players on a football field um, for like the leads. Um who are really, really, really put under the gun and to the test consistently. I guess you can make the same argument for the contestants, but 
these leads were particularly with the fast and furious nature of the show, just as it is with The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Um, that's a challenge to narrow things down like that. Um, we liked the leads in general, right? Yeah. I know that I am not going to get cast uh, anytime soon because I fit the I fit Garrett track too well. So that's a wrap for me. But, you know, best of luck to you. Yeah. I'm not going to be a lead anytime soon either. I think I would just get, I would like eliminate like three quarters of the contestants on like night one because I was just like, meh. Like, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. my one thing, they I liked that they all felt, for the most part, like actual adults who were ready to enter, like, adult relationships. The only the only caveat to that, I think, was I really didn't like Faith's change of tune at the end. And her, uh, you know, throughout, she had been, well, you know, maybe I would consider uprooting my life, but maybe not right now. Like, location is kind of a big deal to me. And then by the end, when she thought that she was going to lose, Anthony was like, I will drop everything and move to New York for you. And and that kind of made me sad. Like, Faith, you are be. I think she's stunning. I think she's so beautiful. And she has a brand of her own and she has so much to offer the world. And I kind of just didn't love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I always like, the thing I've like had this talk with like other people about, you know, where to settle when you have like home bases on like either side of the country or like two different places, you know, like obviously one person will have to be flexible and uproot. The thing you ask is just like the other person to be considerate of it, you know, like they, that they're aware that that per the other person is sacrificing a lot and giving up a lot to make it work. And you like are appreciative of that and you understand that and you're like grateful for that. And I don't know if Anthony gave me that vibe, which was a little bit of a red flag. Well, and that was something also that was interesting in the reunion was um, we saw some behind the scenes of of different contestant pairs and whatever in like the bathroom talking about how they thought that Anthony was manipulating Faith and that he wasn't good enough for her and that she was taking too little caution with that relationship. I thought that was super interesting. I was grateful for it. Keep the drama going, bitches. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Um, well, guys, uh, if you don't have anything else, thanks for talking about this with me. I know we're well, still- Well, if we're gonna talk about drama, we have to talk, we can't not talk about fantasy football. Oh we- God. Kata, I know it's hard. It's I know so it's hard. But actually, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll actually uh, tell everybody generally what, what went down super simply. But uh, before we even planned, we planned this episode prior to our fantasy playoffs. So it's funny because the top three people are here. <laughs> um, it just ended up working out that way. Two and one. Uh, Kata was in second and I came in third. Um, and uh, two and one because of the Stefan Diggs and and what's his name? Josh um, Allen. Not Jared Goff, Jared Goff, even though they're the same person. Um, as far as I'm concerned, but I actually have a point to make to challenge Kim on a, uh, on a transaction she made a couple, a week prior that I noticed. And I want to ask, it looks here. 
So, uh, Mike Brown, you all remember Kata's nice little man's uh, was eliminated from the playoffs. And uh, a few days after the fact, drops Aaron Rodgers and picks up Nick Mullen. And I'm thinking, huh, who would do that? Why would somebody do that if you're going to compete in a consolation bracket? Odd. And then I thought, well, Mike Brown is dating Miss Kata, who it was a front runner to win. And I saw that Miss Kata picked up Aaron Rodgers. And so I'm curious, Kata, um, was there a collusion that happened here with that transaction? And did you think I wouldn't notice? I will, I will say that Mike Brown did not know that there was a consolation bracket. <laughs> but and, and when he dropped Aaron Rodgers, he did not know that and later found out and was very upset that I didn't tell him to be fair. I also did not know that there was a consolation bracket. So you're telling me. I am not the commissioner of this league and I did not know. You are. You're a co-commissioner. You're a co-commissioner. I didn't. I don't check the settings. You made me a co-commissioner so I could email people. But (laughs) I have no idea what's going on. But at least Mike Brown did beat whoever he played in the consolation bracket, I think. But I, wa- I want to know. He did. Uh, he yes. did by like 0.04. Like it was literally nothing. It wow. was virtually a tie. I doubt he even knows that to be completely honest. But I want to know. So was this something that was discussed? Because. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it was discussed. Mm-hmm. Then what was it? I'm going to say that. <sighs> Because I know you didn't, and she still lost. Let's just be real. She did still lose after all of this. I'm going to say that I made it known that I was looking for a better quarterback to play. So I have something else to say. Remember, Kata eliminated me in the prior round, and I did something shady, and I paid for it. What did you do that was shady? Did you notice what I did? No. No. I saw that Kata didn't have, so Taysom Hill was going out, Drew Brees was in. Uh, Tyson Hill was Kata's only quarterback. And I, before Kata noticed that that was happening, picked up about three quarterbacks from <laughs> the waiver wire. Um, but that's was, called good. That's called playing good fantasy football. That's uh, not colluding or anything. That's just being good at your nope, job. No, and it, it, it didn't help me at all. I don't know who you ended up getting, but it was someone like fine. Um, but I did end up paying for it in the long run because my team was still terrible. Um, um, for the record, I had no collusion with anyone whatsoever and won this league. She right, by well, a lot. I just want to put on the record as well that I taught you how to set your lineup. So, <laughs> But the, the week that I did not set my lineup, I still beat Andrew. <laughs> Joanne texts me and Amanda, or Amanda Kristovich, you know her, Mike. Mm-hmm. She texts me and Amanda Kristovich and she says, um, wait, actually, let me look at the exact text here. I want to make sure that I read it verbatim. She says, Kata and I just played each other in fantasy championships and we remained somewhat civil. Amanda, be proud of us. I said, no, I remained somewhat civil. This is after all that shit went down on Twitter. And the reality is I remained civil. You disrespected your sensei on social media and I expect an apology. I expect a public apology. Wait, no, wait. you oh. don't need to give her that. You don't have to give her that to him. No. Fine, no, she's no, no, no. Yeah. Um, yes, you taught me how to set my lineups. So I will give you that. But but you colluded with Mike mm, Brown. I didn't dude. collude. I did not I collude. Look, <laughs> I did not I know, collude. There was, a, 
there was a conversation. Why does why did Mike Brown wait, drop? Wait, Aaron for Rodgers? the record, we have to tell them who she had that makes this such a legendary comeback win for me. She had Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And and you know what? Here's here's but you had Mike Evans. Here's the other crazy thing about this, by the way. And just to give a little bit of context, and then I promise we'll stop boring you guys because nobody wants to hear about our fantasy league. But you were playing Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, right? Mm-hmm. And in a different league. I was playing Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. So, so did you win that one? So yeah, but here's the thing. I didn't need them. My goal going in, like if if I got to make a wish before Monday Night Football, my goal, because I was already so far ahead in that league and I, I did win the league, was for them to do absolutely nothing. And that looked like the case for the first quarter. And then the second quarter happened. <laughs> and I had a really rough time at poker. In all seriousness, I thought that I lost this league and this championship game Sunday after Ann Rogers just, like, dismantled Tennessee. Like, I absolutely thought I had zero chance, so I, like, stopped checking the fantasy thing. And then Monday night, Kata texts me. She's like, you're going to kill me. And I'm like, what did you do now? And she said, no, in fantasy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I log on, all of a sudden, the little percentage thing is like 80% chance of winning. I was like, wait, how did this happen? I had a 13% chance on Sunday. It was a really, it was a fun league. We we had a really fun time. Next year, we're going to, we're going to make some changes. Um, most notably, I think towards just the structure of, of the reward system. Um, as you guys know, our listeners, we played this year for a group called Dream Yard based in the Bronx and they provide um, resources like literal life resources and also wonderful resources for arts education to um, low-income communities within the Bronx and low-income families within the Bronx and we uh, love them. We're actually going to have someone on hopefully soon to talk to us about the organization. Um, Next year we're thinking about having our participants designate charities of their own, or um, maybe we'll donate the pot to a charity that is associated with who a a particular league manager designates as their MVP player. Um, we're messing around with a few different ideas, but- What but- the funny thing is about this, I actually lost more money in this league because not only did I pay the entrance fee, I gave you like $5 to go shop on Amazon. That's true. You did. She sent me a Venmo for $5 for, for Amazon in addition to her donation to DreamYard. So, um, but, but no, this ultimately at the end of the day, I feel like we did a good thing for charity, even though if I got, I got outsmarted at my own game. Everybody here won a league this year. That's true. That's true. This Everybody is my first year playing fantasy, so I will say Kata taught me well, too well, apparently. Oh, Kata wow. tried to do you dirty by colluding, and that, that got I her. did not collude. I refute this accusation. I This is libel. I will sue. <laughs> it's not like we have anything to give you if we sue. Like, I will give you this plastic cup. I'm I could give you boots. I'd also be suing my own company. I can't really do that. <laughs> what, $80? People have done that before, so you wouldn't be the first. Well, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll see it happen. Um, Turan, hey, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. Really appreciate having you on. We're gonna have you on again soon, hopefully, to talk more um, football and other things and 
Maybe once no, the off-season starts and people start getting fired, we'll, we'll come back and we'll have a chat about it. Oh, yeah. But we hope you enjoy your holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Miss you both. <laughs>